Hello, listeners. Pastor Christy here. Now, most of you know me, but if you are a new listener, I am an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church, and I'm currently appointed at Foothills UMC in La Mesa, California. This bonus episode is my longer sermon from the reflection called Become. That's based off Luke 2, 1 through 11. This sermon is titled The Good Wine. I delivered this sermon on January the 16th, 2022. I hope you enjoy it. Weddings are a time of celebration where families and friends come together to share in the joy of marriage. Two people, two families come together to become one. Weddings are also a time of stress and anxiety when details are arranged and accomplished to provide the perfect day for the perfect couple. Yet the one thing that all weddings have in common is that something is going to go wrong. Something will will happen to threaten the dream of the perfect wedding. The weather causes last-minute changes. The soloist gets sick. The caterer gets lost. Or the wine runs out, as is the case in today's scripture. Jesus begins his ministry because the wine ran out. This may seem like a strange way to begin a ministry, that it may seem frivolous. Certainly there were more important miracles that needed to take place. I mean, what's the big deal anyway if the celebration is cut short? Well, it was a big deal for the time. The bride and groom did not sneak away on a honeymoon after the nuptials. They stayed and celebrated for seven days with great feasting and merriment by all. Entire villages joined in the celebration of these two families coming together. Now, hospitality was considered a sacred duty So not being able to extend hospitality for the duration of the celebration would have been a disastrous faux pas for the couple and for their families. Now carrying that stigma that their wedding would not live up to their sacred duty would not have been a great start for the couple. They would have been remembered as the wedding that went wrong. The footage would be played over and over in people's heads that, like the ones we've seen on America's Home Videos of the funniest wedding bloopers. The meme generator would not run out of material at the expense of the bridegroom or this young couple who were just beginning their lives together. So some may still think that in the grand scheme of things, by today's standards, being remembered as a uh, hospitality failure is not that big of a deal. But Jesus saw that
that it was a big deal to them. Jesus cares about our needs, no matter how frivolous some may think they are. They may seem small compared to the world's problems, but they are huge for us. Jesus doesn't rank needs. He sees a need and responds. Well, really, in this scripture, it was Jesus' mother who sees the need. In the exchange between mother and son, we see that both knew that Jesus could help fulfill the need. Perhaps Jesus had in his own mind uh, that his first miracle would be something else. Perhaps he was waiting for a sign from the Father to alert him that his time had come. We don't really know why Jesus seemed a bit reluctant in the beginning, but he did respond to Mary's nudge. Perhaps this was a nudge from the Spirit. Maybe this was the sign that was given through Mary. Or maybe God gives us the opportunity to act. Sometimes we may see a need, but we are reluctant at first to get involved. We may even say what Jesus said. What concern is this to you and me? How is this my business? Maybe Jesus wasn't reluctant. Maybe this was a probing or rhetorical question that he's known for, used as a teaching moment to show that our needs are not separate from others' needs. We are all connected as one, so other people's needs are our needs too. Since we have become one body of Christ, when we see a crisis waiting to happen, we can't say, that's none of my business. We can't watch safely from a distance or worse, pretend we don't see the harm. That happens. We can't stay silent because it doesn't directly involve us or affect us. There comes a time when silence is betrayal, as Martin Luther King Jr. said. If we are all members of one body of Christ, all members in this one shared humanity, then when we see a potential mishap coming, we are called to help others in need. We can't stand by silently and not help, especially when we know we can. Jesus knew he could, and Mary knew he could. And sometimes what we do to help goes unnoticed. No one or very few people know that we had a hand in helping in this miracle, Jesus did not want the credit for himself. He did use the miracle to reveal his glory to his disciples and to the servants, but no one else knew Jesus was involved. Even the chief steward, a small yay in his own right, I'm sure, could not tell a miracle had happened. He just knew that it was good wine. It was different 
than the wine before. And why would it be any less? Jesus is not going to fulfill a need to perform a miracle and then it turn out to be meh. Jesus is not in the business of mediocrity. When Jesus gets involved, it's going to be amazing and extravagant and abundant. The really interesting thing about this miracle is that it isn't like any other miracle. In Jesus' other miracles, he touches people. He touches their eyes or lifts them to stand. He commands with authority for demons to leave or to pick up a mat and go. In this first miracle, Jesus doesn't lay a hand on the water jugs. He doesn't put his hands over the water for it to become wine. He doesn't dip a finger in to stir the water. But what he does is give direction to others. He tells the servants to fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. Then he said to them, now draw some out. And they did. The miracle happened in the filling and in the drawing out. Jesus doesn't do the actual filling nor the drawing out. It was the people who did it under the guidance of Jesus. And it happened just as Mary instructed. She said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. So by listening and then following Jesus' instruction, the miracle happens. We often hear this miracle as when Jesus turns water into wine. But in the scripture reading today, we heard the word become when the chief steward had tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it had come from. That was verse 9. The miracle is in the becoming. From the process of filling and drawing out, it becomes something good. It can be very subtle and perhaps unnoticed. We may not know where it came from, who inspired it, who had a hand in it, who nudged it along, but there was a transformation, a turning into, a becoming that wasn't short of a miracle. The filling and the drawing out makes us become who God is calling us to be good wine. We are in a new time, a challenging time, a time that holds great need. We are in the process of becoming during this time. Maybe we're becoming someone we don't want to become, someone who lashes out in frustration, 
Someone who loses it on the service worker who makes a mistake. Someone who lives with a short fuse that ignites at every little thing. Someone who withdraws so deeply into loneliness that we may not know how to come back out. Or maybe we are on the right path to becoming who God wants us to be. Maybe this is our turning point, too. We had a wake-up call during this pandemic or the beginning of this new year, and we want to refocus areas of our lives that maybe we were checked out or dwindling. Our wine had run out, but now we want to become good wine. We participate with Christ to fill our jars so we have something to draw from. And it's something good that we can give to others. And so we draw near to Christ, listen to his direction, and sometimes, without knowing, a miracle happens. We become someone who Christ uses to demonstrate his glory. We become someone who sees a need and acts, even though it may not seem the right time for us. We work with Christ behind the scenes, very subtly and without calling attention to ourselves, so that others receive the credit they deserve. We all need a miracle right now. Everywhere we look, around us, and within us, everyone needs a miracle. But your miracle is tied to my miracle. The servants filling and drawing out was not so they could drink the good wine. It was for the celebration to continue for all. The filling and the, and the drawing out, the becoming, was for joy and celebration. That's how community works. That's how the body of Christ works together for the good of the whole. That's how the kingdom of God works. God's dream for the world is to become what God is guiding us to become. We work for a world as it should be. It's very subtle at times, yet at other times it's extravagant and abundant, filled to the brim. As servants of Christ, we are called to fill and to draw from our water jars to become good wine because Jesus is the good wine. Full-bodied, well-rounded wine that is satisfying and complete. We work with Jesus, filling and drawing out to be good wine so we can offer good wine to all who are in need. And when this happens, it is a cause for celebration.
Amen.